0: Hello and welcome to the award-winning Canine Hoopers World podcast, everyone's invited. Hello, everybody, and welcome to season three, episode 29 of K9 Feaks World Podcast. Now, the lady I have joining me today has been a friend for a very, very, very long time. Um, we have been through our training journey together and our paths have crossed along the way lots and lots of times. Um, I would like to introduce you to the very fabulous Diane. Hello,
1: my darling. Hello, Carrie. Um, hi, um, and um, hello to all of your lovely listeners um thanks so much for inviting me to come on and talk about applied zoo i'm so glad you said
0: it first because i'm like right diane you need to tell everyone what this word is because i don't know how
1: to say it so one more time for the people at the back that weren't paying attention <laughs> so it is called applied zoo pharmacognacy and it's the use of herbs and essential oils um that we make available for our animals for self-selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, dogs have an, as everybody knows, hopefully you all know, um, dogs have the ability to self-select things that they need from a medicinal point of view. Um, it is a complementary therapy. Most people, A, don't know how to say it, <laughs> and B, they don't know what it is either. So mm-hmm. it all sounds very fancy. But it's basically allowing our animals to choose plants in the area. So you might see dogs that go and munch on grasses,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, and they do that to go and purge and be sick. You might see that mine will go and have a little. I've got a chamomile um, plant in my um, in my herb garden. Lou will go out and have a little munch on that. Mm -hmm. So you'll see your animals, whether you've got cats, dogs, horses, you'll see them munching on various things throughout your walk. Um, And we'll talk about some of those things that that you can see at the moment and throughout the year. Um, And it really is worth taking a note of what they are munching on, because if you go back and do a little bit of research and have a look at what properties there are of that plant, Mm -hmm. then you can then think about how we can enhance things like their diet, things like their exercise. Can we take them to different areas where there's more of that plant? Mm -hmm. Um, We can look at foraging and coming up with recipes that we can include it in things like treats or things like energy bars, Mm -hmm. just so that we kind of come at the, I guess that holistic care um, that we want to give our animals. We we have a look at that whole kind of circle. So it's not just about offering an oil because you think they're under the weather or you want to give them a little bit of an immune boost. Um, We're also looking at the emotional element of the animal as well, um, as kind of functional herbs for Mm -hmm. healing. Um, and it's absolutely not, it's, it's not a substitute for proper veterinary care. Um, as I said, it is complementary. Um, anyone can do it. Um, a lot of people are very scared about using oils. There is a lot of uh, essential oils are bad for dogs in the press. And there's a lot of things about um, the kind of scented plugins and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, I think if, we, if you're sensible um, and you do your research, um, and you have a look at, you know, there's lots of websites out. If anyone is just starting off um, in their journey, I would definitely recommend getting in touch with Caroline Ingram. Um, just a little bit of a backstory as to how I got into it, because yeah. I did to start off with, I did think it was all a little bit woo <laughs> mm-hmm. and a little bit
0: out. It's there all a bit to do um, with the juju and the medicinals yeah. and easy yeah. magic, it's and all a bit experience. out.
1: There. Um and so I I got I rehomed a dog a rescue dog um, who I didn't know it then um, I know now um, he was burnt with acid um, as a very young puppy and I got him when he was about I think he was about 17 18 weeks when I got him and he was but he had horrific burns as you can imagine um, I was writtenly told that it was um, a scald a water scald and if anyone has seen any pictures of Louis you can see that it's there's very much a trail of
0: um oh it was
1: it was horrible I remember yeah his scarring is awful Mm -hmm. but you can very much see there's kind of the drip marks of of where the acid hit him um and I obviously saw vets um and I saw quite a lot of people because he used to have what what we term night terrors so he would wake up at like three in the morning like screaming and it wasn't necessarily pain it's just he couldn't get comfortable he didn't know what he wanted to do and it was pretty horrendous, and it went on for a long time. And obviously, it was quite distressing to witness, um, not just for me, but obviously for him. And so, I kind of saw a lot of people kind of exhausted. Um, my immediate group of kind of people that I I I saw in a lot of the medical. Profession didn't mm-hmm. really have anywhere that we could go because pain medication wasn't helping. and yep. um, we tried behavioural medication, that didn't seem to make any difference. And someone it was just a kind of chance kind of conversation with another dog trainer that said, Oh, you should have a look at um Caroline Ingram, she does this applied to pharmacognosy. And I I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit like, what a load of old BS. <laughs> <laughs> Do you is- are on my podcast, by the way. It's okay, yeah, I was like what a load of old shit, <laughs> and I thought, "There's no way. How on earth is an essential oil gonna help Louis?" So anyway, off I trundled, a little bit at my wit's end, going, "Well, I've got nothing else. I've got nothing to lose. I might as well take him down there." I took him down there, and I it completely changed my life and Louie's life. So. I did, Caroline does, uh, I think she's doing an instructor's course now, but back then it was kind of gateways one, two and three. So I did her gateway one um, and I used Louis. I asked her if I could bring Louie to use Louis as the the demo dog and um, thankfully she said yes. And I wish we kind of had videoed it really because he, we went through some kind of, you always start off with what we call some opening oils. So we kind of get them into the, chill them out, make them feel really nice about themselves. So when you're, if you're looking at relaxing a dog on an emotional level you'll look at things like um angelica roots um, jasmine violet leaf lavender so very calming oils very floral oils but very nice nice ones that just make them feel like they're having a bit of a hug mm-hmm. um, and
0: so i like they can, that description like they're having a hug i like it's
1: that. just like you just have a little nice little hug like if you have like jasmine um coming off in a, a diffuser oh, i have and, loads of jasmine lavender in my garden They're yeah just- but you walk past those and you just go Ooh, yeah. oh and it just makes you feel nice so it's that kind of feeling then um then caroline offered him uh, a couple of different uh, a couple of different oils we always offer uh, two oils with similar properties and we see which one they go for um and then they kind of lead you down their own little route um on their own little path and their own little adventure in the aromatherapy type um thing so then he went for trauma, past trauma. Um, and so she did tobacco, which is a very grounding oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not for smokers or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, but it's very grounding and it, it, it kind of keeps them kind of balanced. And then he went for Rosotto, which is past trauma um, and kind of any kind of previous um previous traumatic experiences yeah. allows them to kind of go through it and come out of it the other side and so he he went for those two she had those two in front of her and he literally took a mass he, he'd done he'd done the tobacco he took a massive um inhalation of the Rosotto, um which if anyone wants to get a kick don't get it because it's really expensive and a lot of dogs I've never had a dog go for it since I got it for Louis but um he went into the middle of the room hit the deck shook um, you literally saw all of his back spasm um, as if he was reliving it. Uh, I'm at this point, we're all in tears. I'm waving sausages and chicken in front of him to try and get him out of it. And he's having none of it. And then he literally lay on the floor, just f- visibly shaking. And he was in his eyes. He was just gone. He was just in that stance, like in that uh, really much in a very kind of stancy state where he wouldn't talk he couldn't hear he wasn't listening he was just literally it was like a trance that he'd gone into and it it seemed to last for ages um and actually it probably was only a couple of minutes um but once his back had spasmed his breathing really slowed down there was a really low grumble and then all of a sudden you started to see him come slightly out of it and you saw his his back and his body wasn't as tense, and he started to relax. He started breathing Beth, like he started breathing, mm-hmm. kind of more rhythmically. And then he kind of just stood up, was kind of a little bit phased, came over to me, kind of trotted over to me, curled up in my lap. And bearing in mind, he was still only, he was still only like four and a half, five months old at this point. It's a baby, 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 baby. And he kind of curled up into my lap and fell asleep,
0: mm-hmm. and was there for
1: like four hours. For the whole rest of the course he was asleep in my lap and it was when i spoke to caroline about it because obviously it was still really distressing um, to watch and i've like said all 12 students there's a couple of people that probably listen to your podcast and i know caroline Gale listens and she was there on that day And like, we were all just in floods of tears and just going, oh my God, what happened? And it was almost like this kind of euphoric moment where we went, oh my God, zoopharmacognosy is amazing. Um, And we all kind of got into it. And that was kind of my initial experience of it. Um, And I got home, I spoke to Caroline and Caroline was like, it's almost like an emotional healing therapy in terms of he had to go through again in a comfortable space. To, to To get over that traumatic yeah. experience, and I did two two more sessions with Caroline, and the night terror stopped. And I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty sure that had he, had we have not done that, they would have carried on for much longer. And whilst um, and you know I make no bones of the fact that Louis is a bit of a knob. Um, it's <laughs> he's a boy. All the boy dogs knob. Dog. He's, a, he's a boy and he's a knob dog. Um, but. I definitely think that he would have been much worse had we have not found Caroline at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was my kind of introduction um, to applied to pharmacognosy. And when I saw that it worked and I know with, when you do kind of aromatherapy with humans and kind of, you know, you, you have your diffusers and you go, Oh, you know, I'm going to do lavender because it's nice and calming kind of, to me, it smells like old people. Um, but uh, when you have um when you have like your diffuser blend and you go oh I want something to relieve stress or an an anxiety and you go oh I feel much better because I've got you know my diffusers on in the background um in the nicest possible way but people can lie and you know when you say I'll say to Craig like I'll put if he's got a bad back I'll I'll put a, a blend of different oils and I'll kind of rub it on his back and I'll go do you feel any better and Craig's pretty good um for anyone who doesn't know craig's my other half big burly firefighter doesn't believe in all this um but he goes oh actually um yeah it does feel a little bit better yeah but whether that's placebo effect or not i don't know
0: i mean i guess if you just got a bit like sunflower oil and rubbed it on
1: yeah yeah he'd probably be like oh yeah (laughs) But (laughs) i think with it's very easy to go i've had this therefore i feel better yes and sometimes when people go oh you know like I've given you know I've given people different combinations of, of th- and I've said you know how are you feeling and they go yeah yeah I feel much better and it's like but do you are they just saying they feel better because I gave them a potential solution they don't want to be rude and mm-hmm. go oh that's a load of old bullshit mm-hmm. um and so you never really know but with animals it they can't lie yeah, also, yeah cognitively they're taking stuff because you can offer it to them and every dog whenever I do this it always kind of blows my mind a little bit whenever I do it I go in with you know I have a history I have a uh, I have a veterinary history so I have their medical history I have a history of behavior from the owner I have their general day-to-day routine and so from that and I work very closely with a lot of vets in my area and it's always on vet referral um, and I'm lucky that I've got vets on board with me. They kind of two of them just go, "Can you just do like that aromatherapy thing um, with the dogs that they're in for aggression?" Because I do it with a lot with aggression cases. But anyway, I digress. So I have their, um, I have a, a really good, really in depth plotted history as to what I think the dog needs mm-hmm. from a, a, a human research perspective. And I go right, you know, if the dog's got gut issues. I go right the dog's not going to go for emotional stuff or it might go for emotional stuff but it's unlikely it's going to go for things like ginger fennel peppermint those types of things to help mm-hmm. with the gut. Um, and actually when you get there every dog takes you on a completely different adventure and that's what I love about it because you go in with a preconceived idea and then all of a sudden the dog takes you on this journey to a completely different place and you go that's amazing and it will bring things up like you know I have seen arthritis in dogs or you know maybe the I have the, you know the owner hasn't told me that morning that they had a bad stomach or that they had diarrhea two days earlier they haven't put that on their form because they get their form in advance and I'll go oh how have their guts been the last couple of days and they go oh do you know what yeah you had really bad shits yesterday <laughs> and you just go oh, okay that makes sense yeah. and so it's weird all of these things all of these going through the process of self-selection the dog takes you on the journey rather than you trying to influence it because it's very easy for us as humans to influence our dog's behavior and you'll see like with hoopers um, in terms of how your body language when you're running a course you can very easily influence how a dog will turn or which way a dog will turn by using your body and it's the same we we try and influence things all the time but in applied to farm cultures you can't do that The dog takes you on that journey and the dog decides where it's going to go. And that's what I love about it. So you're making me think of, I don't know, and listeners, you're probably,
0: you're either going to go, yes, I know what you're talking about, or go, what the fuck is she talking about now? Um, And poor Diane just went to take a sip of her drink and I just nearly made it (laughs) go. It nearly went everywhere. Um, So I remember having books that you would be like, it was an adventure book and you'd read a paragraph and you'd get to the end and you'd be like turn to page 2 yep. or turn to page 50 yeah turn to page 50 and yep. then something else happened. and then you'd have to turn back to page 17 or go ahead to page 200 and yep. it was just you never knew where it I, was going yeah to. i
1: i had those i feel really sorry for anyone under the age of 30 who has never experienced those books <laughs> <laughs> go to an antique shop and find because <laughs> they're brilliant but it's exactly that you yeah. have And you just have to learn to let go and just let the dog guide you and let the dog take you on this journey. And it's and I think there's lots of you know, there's there are approved and accredited um, Applied Zoo Pharmacognosy practitioners. Mm -hmm. Um, They I think, like I said, Caroline Ingram is doing her own instructor's course at the moment. I did. um, I did my diploma with Joe Rose at uh, Rose Holistics in Hertfordshire. And I completely and wholeheartedly recommend her course. The difference that I like with um jo Rose's course is that she does a lot of herbs and oils yeah. and so for me I'm a massive forager and I I love being able to go out when I'm on a walk being able to a recognize the plants in that are in the area but also I'm able to know the medicinal properties of those plants and I'm able to go and forage not just for myself but also for my dogs and I can incorporate some of that within their diet and it's not hard it's not expensive because mm-hmm. it's all there um and if you you know if you've got a good good couple of books and I'll come to kind of the books that I'd recommend people get i can put all that in the show notes so people can see yeah i'll um i've got there's only three books i I'd really get i think um but I, i'll I'll tell you about those books shortly but go out there and go and forage mm-hmm. there are a couple of rules of foraging so only take what you need um and never take any more than a third of that plant in that area, so that the plant can can self seed and come back up next year, and also make sure that your identification is spot on, um, mm-hmm. and you've really got to know what you're picking. A lot of the stuff that your dog's going to choose are going to be fine for you and the dog, but things like there is a plant um, called cow parsley, which kind of looks like it's got kind of leaves like you see on carrot heads, um, but there's also another plant called hemlock that looks exactly the same. Oh, hemlock's and bad. Hemlock's very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, hemlock's I know this. Bad. Hemlock's bad. Yeah, don't eat that. <laughs> but they're, if you put them side by side, it's really difficult to see the difference. And especially when you're out and you just see one of those, I just basically don't forage cow parsley just because I just don't yeah. want to take any chances. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like when you have things like burdock um, and burdock is a really good um, plant. We actually use the roots um in kind of the herbal choice uh, as, in as in dandelion and burdock as in dandelion and burdock yeah there's lots of lots of burdocks coming up throughout the summer and um whatever time of year if you're listen, we're coming we're in due You've early due time, home bar, so um the burdock the burdock root it takes the roots go down miles and you're never going to dig one of those up but they have a very broad leaf and they have kind of a, a kind of burgundy pinky kind of round thistle type flower on Mm -hmm. Um, that's the burdock but again some people get confused with that and things like hogweed and you've got giant hogweed which are bad so again if you're not sure leave it
0: Mm -hmm. but (laughs) even things like um chamomile and feverfew I have both in the garden and sometimes I'm like I'm not quite yeah which one are you because the flowers are so similar as well and it's like Yeah. yeah and actually I thought I'd planted chamomile and it turned out it wasn't it was feverfew
1: yeah and things like you can see when you're out on the common there's lots of pineapple weed out at the moment and it's like it looks like chamomile but it's just a bit the head is a bit more yellowy and that Mm -hmm. if you kind of crush that up in your fingers it smells very pineapple-y oh wow you can also look at things like the scent if you're not sure you can kind of crinkle the leaves up um and kind of have a sniff Mm -hmm. um and again just kind of anecdotally we were out where i walked near a, a abandoned airfield and it has because it hasn't been used and it's very open the the flowers and the plants that are there are amazing and um Billy my little well I say he's a puppy I haven't got that excuse anymore he's two years old but I still call him my puppy um he Not ran through, forever the puppy the <laughs> yeah puppy. yeah well Billy's going to be a puppy when he's 12 mm-hmm. um but Billy ran through a barbed wire fence um and cut uh, had a big cut at the top of his eye and I was like oh fuck's sake Bill um I'm the furthest point away from my van. Okay. So it's quite an open cut, and I was like, that's going to go and have I'm going to need to go and get that stapled or stitched. So we were down by, there was a little stream, and next to the stream there was a whole lot of this plant called mallow. Um, and it's got a nice pink flower, and the leaves, if you crush the, if you crush it, they're crush them, they're very soapy. Mm-hmm. So it kind of creates almost like a soap, like if you're washing your hands, so it's quite sticky. So in the nicest possible way, as you do when you're outside um, and you're out in nature, I grabbed a load of the leaves, a couple of the flowers, crunched it up in my hand, spat in it (laughs) to make it a bit more adhesive. Um, And I stuck it on the top of his head, put him on lead and frog marched him back to the van. Um, And when I got back to the van, it had actually sealed itself up um and so when I took him to the vet the vet was like I'm just going to leave it here to heal whereas otherwise he probably would have had half an hour of it being open and lots of dirt getting in and all of that so then there was a risk of infection yeah yeah, yeah. so there are even if you're you know if you have a a major emergency when you're out just have a look around at what's around and see if there is anything in the environment you can use
0: so I know from like and this isn't actually dog ladies horse and people related um stinging nettles and dock leaves it's the thing, okay. I had um, <laughs> horrendous. Me and my pony somehow ended up in a ditch sideways with her on top of me, and the ditch was full of stinging nettles. Yeah, I was a bit young, not as wise as I am now, and may have been riding in basically a sports bra and jumpers because it was <laughs> summer, and I was literally stung from my neck. I've, now, if a stinging nettle gets me, it's horrific. And I actually have a bit of a stinging nettle phobia, I'm not going to lie. But I remember me and my poor horse were both just covered in this rash. And we were just there with dock leaves, like me, my dad, the vet turned up, like, and we were just there, literally with handfuls of dock leaves, just rubbing her and rubbing me. And it was the only thing that worked. I remember going to the hospital, they gave me like an antihistamine injection.
1: The only thing that made it better was dock leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a weird one because I I pick stinger nettles an awful lot. And no, even... they terrible.
0: like literally, if they're <laughs> in the garden, I make Dale remove them. I'm like, get that out of the garden. I don't like it. They're the danger plant. Oh, like... They're so good for you. <laughs> no, I don't like. Look, when you've had like literally a third of your body covered in stinger covered in
1: nettles, yeah. Right. I get that. <laughs> but if you if you want to give um, if you want to boost your dog's immune system. Um, so at the beginning of spring, when all the nice new little, the new kind of baby nettles at the top, um, the kind of new new leaves are, are, are coming out. Um, you can pick those. Um, you've got plantain, um, which is another plant that's on, that grows on the ground. It's got a nice, broad, long, broad leaf. Um, and the seeds of it, are used, the seeds are used as psyllium husk. So that's where psyllium husk comes from. Um, so you can pick some plantain leaves and things like dandelion that you see all over the place. I'll pick dandelion leaves, so nettle, dandelion leaves, plantain. I'll stick that in some coconut milk, make a smoothie, bit of banana, mm-hmm. whatever other fruits you've got, and I'll either give it to the dogs like that, or I'll put it in ice cube trays, and they have a little, um, a little ice, nice ice cube on a hot day, and it just boosts the immune system. Good liver tonic. Dandelions are good for everything. You can use all of the plant. Um, and it's all stuff that's widely available to us everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And mean, I'll do that for me. So I, I might do half, half of the smoothie. I might do it myself, and then the other half I'll give to the dogs. How bad does it taste? Oh, it's amazing. Doesn't <laughs> it? Doesn't it? Doesn't, t- it doesn't taste like <laughs> I'm nothing. like amazing, as in it, like it's actually all right, or amazing as in it it's the worst thing you've ever drunk. But you know, it's good. No, it's actually really nice because. The coconut milk, the banana, and I normally stick raspberries or frozen berries in it. Basically, so you're having a pina colada. Basically, without alcohol, but with all of these nice herbs going through it as well. So it's really good, a really good, nice detox. Um, and just loads of vitamins and minerals coming into my system that mm. I've picked for free. So I'm not going and buying things like spirulina or goji berries. I'm actually getting it from basically from just outside my garden, and now now is a great time to plant all your herbs. So if you go down to the garden centre, if you're worried about foraging and picking stuff because you don't really know what it is, just go to your go to your garden centre and just go and get some herbs. Yeah, you can. I've got loads of stuff. I did a bone broth the other day, and I put I've got woodruff in the garden, which is great for anxiety. Um, it's great for digestion. It's great for sleep. Um, I've got chamomile which again is a calming herb so I stuck some of that in it um, can I just ask, is chamomile also anti-inflammatory yep yep chamomile is good for anything it's we kind of or I kind of call it it's good for, it's an itis herb mm-hmm. so arthritis pancreatitis anything that has itis at the end of it mm-hmm. stick chamomile give them chamomile exactly. um, it's really really good chamomile is amazing um, you've got German chamomile and Roman chamomile I've got German chamomile in the garden so I chuck some of that in and I chuck some melissa which again is good for stress it's good for the gut um, and it's a general nice herb that isn't too strong so I stuck that in my bone broth mm-hmm. and I'm not going to lie I think I spoke to you just before we came on air about um one of my dogs picked up roundworm when we went on a holiday to Cornwall mm-hmm. um I gave, we treated it and I gave him the bone broth and I've never seen, that was like the best poo I've ever seen him have. And I'm pretty sure it was because he had, he's had bone broth before. I've made it in exactly the same way, but without the herbs. And his poo wasn't like that. <laughs> it was so nice. I took a photo of it. Um, but we do get obsessed with our dog's poos, don't we? Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, I feel like I'm like the Gillian McKeith of the dog world. <laughs> um, and Freddie, again, for anyone under 30, Gillian McKeith was um a, a so-called um, fake doctor in the uh, a couple of years ago who used to examine people's human poo. So I kind of feel like I'm the dog trainer equivalent of that. I've got a really nice. Apologies,
0: guys. That was actually a false alarm. It wasn't even the postman. Everyone just decided to start shouting. So why wouldn't we? Um, oh, a, a they they my all t- want t- the t- herbs t- from the garden. My cackle may have set that off. I'm just. It it may have been my fault. Um, But this is the thing is that you can literally find out what plants are good and then go and have them in the garden so you can just go into the garden. That's kind of where I'm aiming with my garden. I I would love to have little bits. We have a little cooking herb area um, because hubby has the barbecuing area and next to it is a little little tiny trench, but there's chives, there's sage, there's thyme. Um, I put in one one or two strawberry plants last year and now apparently i just have a shit ton of strawberry plants which is amazing um but actually we don't get to eat the strawberries very often and it's not the birds no dogs
1: yeah i have the same thing
0: like "Mm, strawberries are ready yum and i'm like "Uh, whatever same with the blueberries planted blueberries lovely just as they're about to be ripe munch
1: was like this one's ripe now but look at all those nice antioxidants the dogs are getting from the blueberries. Amazing, exactly. amazing. Same with me. My tomatoes are the same. What I would say is that if um, if you've got dogs that do like to forage on things like tomatoes, blueberries, if you've got raspberry canes or anything like that, then you might just want to raise them up so that they can't reach them. If you want to keep them for yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my strawberries basically have gone. I oh, I had a real <laughs> I did something really embarrassing. This was a few years ago when I when I was in my old house. And I bought this massive, great big truck of rocket that had already been seeded and had already grown from a really expensive garden centre in Wandsworth. And I had it out in the garden and I'd had it out for about probably for about a week and a half. And I walked out and I was like, so, oh, no, something's attacking the rocket. And because it's quite peppery, mm. the lettuce, we eat it in salads and um, technically a weed, <laughs> technically a weed. And I was what I was worried about was that I had some kind of insect that was, it was going to be dangerous for the dogs or whatever. So I put this massive, great, big truck. It was really heavy. Put it back in the car, drove it up to the garden center. And I went to like the manager of the garden center. Oh, excuse me. I think I've got some, I bought this truck of rocket from you a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago. And I think it's got some kind of disease. Um, Can you have a look at it for me? And he came out and had a look at it and went, Oh, have you got a dog? (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) And So basically, the dogs had gone out and annihilated one whole side of it, and I thought it was a pest. And I was like, Oh, so obviously, the dogs like that then. Um, and it was Rocky, my old dog, and it is, it's just really interesting. Again, it's like something that you think is really peppery from a taste perspective. Dogs don't have the same taste, um, Dogs really likes kale, yeah. It's dogs just don't it's have the same healthy taste. and bougie, yeah, as we do. So, think about you know you think about lots of different things like lavender Billy will go and roll in the lavender I've got a perfect size Billy hole in my lavender bush that he goes and lies in and rolls in um but kind of think outside the box but like I said if you're having herbs low um if you've got dogs that go and eat then you might want to raise them up a little bit Mm -hmm. also if you've got entire males or dogs that like to poo at heights um there's certain pots that we don't pick from because Louis uses them as a toilet Um, so he'll go and poo over the top of the pot so that and also cutting
0: their legs up them
1: yeah or they cut their legs up them yeah Mm -hmm. we don't we don't I've got a a whole thing of potatoes that I planted and we're not ever gonna eat those because that's basically Mm -hmm. Louis toilet Um, (laughs) if you've got I'm in London well I'm in Surrey but I work in London and a lot of my clients in London have astroturf yeah so they have the fake grass so I always try and encourage people to have or a a little tray of you can and you can plant it up you can get a little tray from the garden center it doesn't have to be very big it's kind of a4 kind of Mm a3 so you know the kind of big like a litter tray size like a litter tray size um and just plant some barley grass or some wheat grass so that they've got access if they want to come out and you know if every dog at some point will come out and eat grass to make itself sick or it will eat grass because it wants to eat the grass because the roots are coming up and it's nice and sweet mm-hmm. So you find in the spring or when you have the new shoots and new grass roots they're very sweet. So some dogs will eat them just because they taste sweet. Um, and there's lots of dew on them in the morning. Some dogs will eat to purge and make themselves sick. So if dogs have access to that, then they can go and do that if they want. If it's all AstroTurf, they can't. Yeah. And so if you think about that feeling, if you really need to be sick and you've got nothing to help you, that's yes. going to have an impact on gut and especially gut microbiome and things like that yeah um so even if you've got a small garden or if you've got astro there's lots of things that you can do and put in your garden to allow your dogs a foraging experience
0: yes yeah yeah and i think as well um it's also it's it's good for the environment it helps all the bugs and the bees and things you know i'm always like the first thing i look at when after is it poisonous to the dogs no that's fine then it's do bees like them? That's always like the first question in my brain. Are the bees going to like this? And I think that the more we're understanding about kind of, what do they call it? Wild gardening and like having Mm -hmm. them, rather than everything being so pristine and manicured, having little areas where we have some more wildflowers in and like things like no May and stuff like that. It's the way that we can kind of help the environment as well as kind of helping our dogs. And I think it's like almost almost creating a little ecosystem in your own garden yeah 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 um the one thing though guys remember do watch out if you do decide to have a pond and you do attract toads make sure your dogs don't lick them because as we all know this is the tagline of the podcast because Dodge did make himself very very poorly after seeing as a teenager if toads had hallucinogenic properties and all it did was make him very ill so um (laughs) Yeah, just yeah, maybe be mindful the if there are, if there are frogs and toads, just try and keep your dogs away from them because so that's not helpful.
1: But I think and also the other thing that I would say is if you have water bowls out for your dogs, take them out every night. Like I said, having had louis with roundworm the other day. Yes. We don't really know how he got it, but um it we think it's because he carries stones. Um we got it in Cornwall, but it could be from drinking out of um, Infected bowls, things like that. So make sure we've got a lot of foxes around my way. Um, So if you do have water or you've got bird baths out, just make sure you take those out or clean them certainly every day. Don't leave them out overnight for dogs and cats and foxes, not dogs, but foxes and cats to drink out of overnight just in case they can pass something on.
0: Exactly that, exactly that. Health and safety risk
1: assessment.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, all our bird baths are really high up, but yeah, if there's any kind of low level water, I try and Get rid of that where I where I can definitely don't leave water. If you do have, if you have left a water bowl out overnight, make sure you give it a blooming good clean. Yeah. Basically, with water bowls, let's just if you're not happy to drink out of it yourself, your dog probably shouldn't be drinking out of it. (laughs) I love that. I think that's a good way of explaining (laughs) it. If you filled out with water, would you drink out of it yourself? And if the answer is no, then you
1: probably need to rethink your watering system for your dog. Although, to be fair, if I add wine in it, i would probably drink it.
0: But then the alcohol's going to kill the bad stuff. Yeah,
1: true, true. <laughs>
0: we're only talking water now. Like We shouldn't be giving our dogs wine, Miss Dan. No, like. no. <laughs> health and safety. I think health and safety risk assessment. Do not get your dogs drunk. Um, mm. There's actually a picture on Dodge's Instagram of him trying to lick the remnants of Daddy's Prony bottle over the bank holiday weekend. All of my dogs, Prony
1: and Corona, they're like, oh, hello. <laughs> Oh, well, Billy loves to loves to lick a beer bottle top.
0: Well, they like it, and it's fine. And exactly. it's they not- like it. I think, though, for me, like with the oils, because I'm very much, I understand how dogs' noses work. It does make sense why you need to be careful with using oils and stuff. And I think people do get a bit kind of happy, don't they? And they just start kind of sprinkling lavender oil around everywhere.
1: Yeah, I think. I think with oils, we do have to be careful. And like I said, there's been a lot of a lot of stuff in the media about things like plug ins. If you think about where the plug sockets are, they're very much at the dog's level. They're very much they're not essential oils. It's more chemically made. It's kind of fake oils that so we have these nice fake smells that linger in the air there is um pet remedy do a nice um plug-in for um anxious dogs um and i love i really like them as a company but i really don't like things like the sprays where you spray it on their blankets or you spray it on their beds or you spray it on their collars or bandanas i really don't like that because the dogs don't have then don't have a choice with a plug we need if we're going to offer oils or use oils in our everyday life we need to make sure that the dog has a choice about where it is in proximity to that oil. So the dog needs to be able to move away from it. So if you're if you've got an anxious dog and you're spraying a calming spray all over its bed that's in a crate and then you're shutting it in a crate, then the dog doesn't have a choice that so that it can get away. And if it's not an all that the dog wants, then potentially that can then compound the anxiety and make the dog more anxious because it can't get away from this horrible smell that it's smelling. So I think with, a, with with any kind of essential oil, certainly from, from an applied to from a cognizive perspective, it's all based on self-selection. Mm-hmm. So it's not being applied to something and shoved in their face. You literally have your little two two, bol- two pots of you two bottles of oil, and you hold it. I would say the, the same length of the dog away from it, and you just offer, offer them in front of it um, and see if it will take a sniff and see what just observe the dog, see what it does if it goes a lot of people will think if the dog gets up and moves away that it is a negative reaction. And sometimes it really isn't. Sometimes the dog just needs to inhale it from a slightly further distance because it's too strong. And if you think about some of the oils are really strong, like so something like garlic, if you're offering garlic oil and I'm not going to go down the road of garlic and giving garlic. To we discussed this maybe. with Holly in episode. So worry. Yeah. Me, and Holly have, me and Holly have picked this part. Yeah. It's fine. Don't okay. panic um but if you bring out garlic oil that's going to stink in your house for about three days so mm. you've got to be really careful with some of the more some of the stronger oils um and things like vetiver I just uh, it just makes me gip so I'm, I'm very careful um with the oils that I'll offer for the dogs and I think if it's really strong for me it's really strong for the dog yeah um, as you know from a scent perspective um in terms of how amazing their noses are so you know there are we can offer if you are going to offer oils just make sure or have scents around then just make sure that the dog has got space you've got a window open so that you've got a nice through airflow so that you're not forcing it on the dog Mm -hmm. So the dog has a choice about whether it wants it or whether it doesn't Mm
0: no that makes sense and I think um so I remember with munch we use um we have scented candles on quite a lot when there's fireworks and thunder and stuff yeah. and i'll literally be like right which one would you like she tends to go for like piney smells a lot more um yeah. i just got a new one um when we we're away actually in america I got this lovely candle and it was um lavender and coconut water and oh my god it smells amazing um it's actually called go the fuck to sleep <laughs> <laughs> May have been attracted by the label, but then opened it up and went, oh, this is really good. And we had that on the other night and actually all of us just went, oh, that's nice.
1: It is. I do. I use a diffuser a lot and um, quite often I'll have it on and I'll just, the whole house is just super chilled. Yeah. And I've not necessarily done anything, but it's just, it's just been on in the background. And like I said, the diffusers over on one side of the room, the dogs can come and go as they want, but it's just, this just, everyone's just really mellow and just like, yeah. oh. And it's just really, it's just great. I, I wish I'd have got into it a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. I wish more people looked at it um, or considered booking mm-hmm. a session with a practitioner because it's such, so, it's so beneficial for every single dog, whether it's a rescue, whether it's a puppy, whether it's a dog that's had nothing happen to it whatsoever, whether it's a dog that's post competition mm-hmm. um, and is just needs to chill out. Not
0: gonna lie, I'm like, oh, Miss Diane, we might have. To I'll have be to- round. <laughs> you, you may have to come round. Yeah, I'd love to come and round come and, come and do it in and sort out this. But also from the point of view of, like, because you said earlier, didn't you, that you deal with a lot of dogs that have, like, aggression issues and big emotions. Um, I, I'm i always very careful with labels. I don't like aggression and reactive because everyone can be aggressive at times and everyone yeah. reacts. So, you know. But for Dodge, I think if there's another layer we can add, like before we started recording, um, we were talking about the meds he's on at the moment, but also the fact that he's still on Placid, which – Again, if you've listened to the Holly episode, you'll know why I love Placid so much and all the really cool elements in Placid that can help dogs with their brain neurons changing and helping them to learn and get through stuff. But when I started looking more into what herbs were in it, I didn't realize that chamomile was anti-inflammatory. So for Dodge, that's a double whammy because obviously it's going to help him calm down, but also it's potentially going to help the pain side of things with his hip dysplasia so for me i kind of as much as i i sort quite like a scented candle and i understand the essential oil side of it can help the the herbal side of it to me goes all oh, okay because yeah, i know myself
1: herbs help yeah and i would say i've got um my old boy has got cushings and i know i spent quite a lot. not so much now so we've upped his medication but there was times that I would he he when he was put on a low dose medication he would find there was two hours of an evening he would find particularly difficult mm-hmm. and he would get very panty and very uncomfortable and we were a bit reluctant to up his meds at that point because he wasn't at a point where he was bad or anything it was just a mild discomfort yeah. and actually I managed his symptoms with the oils and there's an oil it's quite an un- unknown oil called Floof, um, which is really great for cushions patients. And he would come and tell me when he needed it. And he generally had kind of three oils that he wanted. Um, he would have seaweed, which is a lot for pain um, and gut. Um, he would have fluve um, and he had carrot seed. Um, and so I'd basically kind of know what he'd want. And literally within two minutes, he'd be totally calm and chilled out. And I think I've got a couple of photos of, of sessions that I did with him. And it was weird because it's almost like I knew when he was starting to get to that point because he'd just come up and he would be like, I need something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Do you know what? I'm gonna go to the oils and I'm gonna see. And it it was it was every, every night I did that. And like even the, the vet was like, Well, if it's working, just carry on doing that. Because we don't if we had to put his meds up, we would have to almost overdose him to yeah. then bring him back down again. And we didn't really want to do it. So and again, it was working in conjunction with the vet and the specialist and going, well, whatever you're doing, it's working. Carry on doing it. Yeah. And I find it's really good for things like blind. I've, I've done a lot with blind dogs, just from a almost like an aromatic enrichment yeah. um, kind of session. So that the dog gets different senses. Uh, or the do- we we open the dogs different, we we have different senses that we can offer different sense that we can offer for different things not just from a medicinal point of view or a therapeutic point of view but also from a sensory point of view mm. um and I I love working with blind dogs um and deaf dogs because their senses are heightened anyway yeah um so I yeah it any dog it's brilliant for every single dog and like I said I just wish more people were a bit more open to it but yeah. I think it's, I think it's just because no one knows what it is And it's really hard to say. And it's really hard to say. I mean, really, if you're going to call it something, I think I would call it herbal choices or aromatic enrichment. No one really knows what applied to farm consciousness is. I blame Caroline Ingram for that. That's that's the thing, because I'm always like, it's that zoo farmer thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a zoo farmer thing. (laughs) I just go herbal choices. Or I go aromatherapy for dogs. But then again, that's also, also a little bit woo. But yeah, it works so <laughs> and if anyone is listening and going
0: oh okay this this could be something because i think it's when we talk about complementary therapies as a whole it's it seems to be you have people that sort of go well we'll try it but we're not sure then you have like the devout and um, like they will only use this and then you have the but science just because there haven't been scientific studies to say this thing is a thing
1: doesn't mean it's not a thing oh my god and also the problem is with all these things so scientific studies cost an awful lot of money and the people that are doing them or you know there isn't one person behind chamomile or you know there's lots of studies that have looked at the benefits of you know, things like rose hip shells with heart conditions. There's a lot of, there's a lot of science Uh, for the immune systems. Yeah. There's a lot of science in the, for for humans. There's no, no company has got the money to to put that into the benefits for animals. Mm. We're still only, we're also still, we're only touching the surface in terms of things like gut microbiome in humans, let alone dogs. And I think when people go, Oh, but there's no science, Behind it, there's no science to back it up. No, there isn't. But when you see it, and like for me, I went into it fully eyes open, going, This is a load of old bullshit. I don't believe words of it. What a load of old poppycock. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it, I experienced it, and I saw it, and I went, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how well I kind of understand how it works, I don't understand why it works mm. with each individual animal but it just works and like I said it's just when you see it and experience it you go oh my god this is amazing um and it's brilliant and I love it and that's why I then became a practitioner in it but don't close yourself off and go don't do what I did and go oh no it's just load of rubbish go and experience it or go and see it or go and talk to a practitioner Mm -hmm. build your confidence with it first and then do it yourself or then you know have a have a session I'll come and do a session with with your lot um, cause we can record it and then you can do, you can give your opinion of how, Oh how my God. Works. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Actually. That's cool. I can do a little like mini. Yeah. We can do like oh, a little, yeah, yeah. Going, this is what it is. This is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's very easy. I think it's very easy on a podcast for me to like bang on about it and talk about it when you physically see it mm-hmm. in action, it's like, Oh yeah. And like looking at the little physical changes within the dogs, and also things like powders. You can get a lot of powders. Um, I don't really offer powders. I always offer powder, not just dry, but with liquid, with water. That's so more so of a paste, right? Like, more of a paste rather. And I find it's things
0: I've just got an image of a dog snorting a line. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is kind of <laughs> like that, but they have a whole face full. Um, I <laughs> I went to see Rachel Maxwell. She's amazing. She runs um a company called Herbal Shenanigans. Um, am I allowed to advertise yeah yeah yeah. crack on has a monthly um, a monthly membership type thing that you sign up a monthly subscription um, called herbal shenanigans and she goes throughout the year she looks at all the plants that are coming up in the coming months um, and she does things like taste testing so we'll have a tea she'll send you some some tea bags and you've got to try and work out what's in the tea so it's a blind taste testing wow and we also look at how it works with our animals and we can look at whether we've got horses cats dogs chickens every animal mm-hmm. and then we kind of strip it right back and go right what is in the environment this month and it's all herbs rather than oils so some people feel a lot safer with herbs rather than the oils mm-hmm. um, and it's not expensive it's like i said it's a monthly subscription but it's brilliant it's really 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 good and I, she sends through like a little a little pack every quarter and it came through the door and I left it. I didn't realise it was just in a box and I thought, oh, it's fine. I'll leave that there. And when I came back, Billy had been in it and had literally annihilated the bilberries that she sent. Um, and I have had an incident with Louis where he opened a packet of spirulina all over my nice cream carpet <gasps> no Which now it has a rug over it because no. I still can't get rid of the color so for any listeners that don't understand oh yeah so spirulina is a re- is really good for the guts and it's really dark green and it stains like ink um and Louis opened this opened this packet and just well ate most of it but an awful lot went on the floor so I kind of tried to hoover it up thinking I'd get away with it and Craig wouldn't notice and basically just put it even more into the cream carpet so now there's a, a rug in a really random place in my front room so <laughs> yeah oh. just be careful when you're offering your offering your your herbs just make sure you've got a mat it's underneath like if
0: you're using um turmeric or um something like even when you're cooking if you get that on your oh, house, yeah you get that, you that on anything in iodine Yeah. the same if you get it on you you're like oh
1: i've turned into a mermaid awesome (laughs) yeah it's really hard to get off so yeah just be be mindful (laughs) especially if you've got a nice clean cream carpet
0: i am just gonna quickly sidebar question your life choices of having dogs in a cream carpet just saying well
1: they were in before i moved in okay haven't, we haven't changed them yet we are actually we are due to upgrade our carpets because they have been done for because quite a long we always pick like
0: gray tones or kind of neutral with a little fleck in it because something yeah. with a fleck in it hides us a, a myriad of stains <laughs>
1: completely.
0: but generally dog hair like it just kind of it blends in a bit better and it's fine um it, I'm just going to go back to the point you said, because you saying about the spirulina because you can buy spirulina. And I remember like I went for a stage making spoovies and spirulina and I'm not going to like, doesn't taste wonderful. If you add too much. It, it also, reg- it also
1: can mean that you spend two hours on the toilet. Yeah. Like it's a thing. It does have that effect. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if, if you're not quite
0: regular people, there you go. A bit of spirulina, sort yeah. you right out. Um, Sorry, the listeners are like, wow, Carrie, you went there. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love the fact that you could just go out and get some dandelions instead. And I I love dandelions. Dandelions are one of my favorite. Like, I feel like they give food to the bees early on in the season. Like, I can remember we used to, like, the horses used to get it. And I think for me, maybe I don't observe it so much with the dogs just because I'm I have to be very kind of, mindful of where I walk my dogs just because of you know public um but I think that I, I definitely remember going back to like the horse days of watching the horses kind of select things I remember one of the um one of the horses we had she she had lots of um tumours she was very poorly bless her she would go and eat a little bit of willow every day yeah, and then really found good. out that willow actually is, is a painkiller and it's good. And actually you have to be careful with um, racehorses because if the racehorses eat and they're drugs tested, it will show up in the drugs test. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of like, wow, okay. Because I remember there being this whole big hoo-ha that this amazing racehorse had tested positive and no one can understand why. And then they worked out that it had access to a willow tree and that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so I think... Kind of, I wonder if with dogs, we don't kind of give them the the ability because also we kind of panic, you know, you see the dogs going and eating and saying, you're like, don't eat that, it's just, stop it. Yeah. You know, dodge bitches on things all the time. And I'm never sure if it's because he's trying to get to the plant or if he's just trying to lick girl away. I don't know which one it is. So I think kind of when we're out and about, it would be good to have kind of, A way of going, oh, yeah,
1: no, they're all right eating that. Or, oh, actually, if they eat that, that's four. It is good to have an understanding, isn't it? Yeah. And this is where your identification comes in. And even if you can just identify four plants. So at the moment, like I said, dandelion, everyone knows what a dandelion looks like. And the temptation is you rip a leaf off and you go and wave it in front of your dog's face and go, do you want this? And they go, why are you waving a leaf at me? And then they walk (laughs) off and you go, oh, no, they didn't select the dandelion. So things like with dandelions, you can make things like, dandelion I do dandelion pesto so I'll pick up and this isn't metric unfortunately but this is my way of doing my measurements so basically a poo bag full of dandelion leaves is roughly what I have I'll do the thing is so every single person listens and will understand yeah yeah, yeah. because if I'm you're not, blackberrying a yeah. poo bag of blackberries is a lot yeah, exactly but also it's like if you go oh you need hundred grams of dandelion leaves you don't know how much 100 grams is when you're out in a field so fill a pea bag full of dandelion leaves bring it back wash it or shake it out to get rid of any hidden extra bits of protein in terms of insects Um, stick it in a chopper in a little um process processor um food processor stick in a small handful of pumpkin seeds some olive oil um, you can add a little bit of grated garlic if you wanted to. Blend it all up together, a bit of lemon juice so it keeps the colour. Um, and then you can just offer that on the side on a plate. See if the dogs want to. That sounds quite nice. It's really nice. Only thing you need a bit of salt with the human one. I, so I do two. I do one for me and I just add a bit of salt. Um, okay. And you can add some parmesan as well if your dogs are right white with cheese. Um, but you literally, Billy's eyes are on stalks. When I make it, Billy's like shaking trembling because he loves it so much and I just do a little teaspoon of that in on the side next to their bowl so that if they want it they can take it if they don't they don't mm-hmm. um so little things like that because I think the other thing it's, within, from it's really easy to
0: kind of make things at home that can be beneficial to your dogs but Sometimes it seems like a bit of an effort, but like one of the things like Dodge has like the fat bombs for competitions. So why just make up a tray and then they sit in the freezer and you can do the same with the pestos and stuff, can't you? You can literally yeah. make them up, freeze them, and then they're there for when you need them. They
1: don't have to have them all the time. Exactly. And I make, I make fat bombs. I, there's a recipe on, um, on my Superhounds Facebook page. I did fat bombs with um, some vegetable peelings um some chia seeds I'm, I'm really trying this year to try and reduce my waste yeah. and things like the carrot peelings parsnip peelings i use those i just grated them up and um i kind of mash them all up with some coconut oil some chia seeds come and put a couple of other things in there and like you said like roll the balls up stuck them in the fridge they harden up because they've got co- the coconut oil in and then you can freeze them if you want yeah and things like all of your herbs you know you can cut them you can dry them up you can mix them like you can make the the ice cubes out of smoothies it does it doesn't have to be difficult the, we're just at the end of cleavers at the moment so there's um I don't again I'm quite old but when we were kids we used to like throw goose grass at each other and the goosegrass kind of sticks to you yeah. it's kind of called sticky buds um yes. or goose grass it's called cleavers and we're kind of at the end of the season for that at the moment but in early spring it comes up the little baby cleavers look really cute um, but it's really simple so even the ones that are out now you can Cut, cut a load of those stick it in some filtered water and just stick it on your windowsill and then offer that to the dogs and you can drink it yourself um it tastes a bit cucumbery but again really nice tonic but really nice for the gut really nice kind of cleansing tonic for the liver um and it's just super easy you can go and pick it on your walk today stick it in a bowl stick it on the windowsill happy days give it to your dog an hour later mm-hmm. so you let the let the herbs Infuse in the water, and then you can just give it to the dogs. Or like teas, you can make. You know, I'm sure Holly probably spoke about the pucker tea bags, but yeah. you can just snap the, you know, cut the top of the tea bag up and chip chuck that on a plate for the dog, I mean, or make it's a tea. It's it's one of the reasons the why tea. I use the placid because placid, the yeah. recipes are very very similar, except
0: you buy placid in a kilo. Top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which obviously for me, with Dodge being on it forever, um, is better. But I use. Um, so this episode is going to be coming out in October. So I just want to kind of touch on a few things that might help for dogs that are going to be experiencing fireworks season because mm-hmm. it is a fucking season. Um, Munch starts on Placid, so she would have started Placid a week ago, um, and basically she's she has a scoop of Placid in her dinner every single day between October and December. Well, basically the middle of January. Just because if we get any sporadic booms, it just helps her cope a little bit more. But it also kind of complements the medicine she has as well, because she does have to have medication from the vets, unfortunately. You know, we tried all the different things with her for fireworks, and we got to the point where we were like, actually, we do need meds as well. Um, I love the fact that this is a kind of complementary thing that you can use alongside medicines as well as, it being something
1: you can easily do at home um yeah and I think if it's for fireworks then you can use things like frankincense which okay. is really good um frankincense valerian um and violet leaf are really good um so there's those you can either stick it on a you can stick it on a towel or stick it on an area but again just make sure they've got access to move away from it don't put it in their crate or anything like that yeah. um but yeah they're the kind of oils that I would use for fireworks if you want to Um, if you want to use oils and then you can just offer some herbs so you can buy dried herbs so you can buy dried chamomile you can buy um, you know like your rosehip shells you can buy all of that and you can just see if they want you know whether you even offering kind of wild blueberry powder for to give them a massive hit of antioxidant while they're in going through that because the thing is, is it's not just one night now it's like a whole two weeks of it's um, anxiety Where
0: we are it's literally a season it starts in october and it finishes in december and you never know when it's going to happen like oh sorry january it's yeah. probably two three nights a week there will be booms yeah it's shit yeah <laughs> does my nothing um it, it's interesting what we send back the antioxidants because it is going to affect all the all the
1: chemical the whole system yeah yeah so that's where i think if you can do any if you can do things where we're increasing not just we're not just using herbs for things like anxiety and things like that but we're also increasing vitamin levels mm-hmm. um and we're using nice green plants as well like your dandelions um and things like respiratory if they're getting anxious. You know, even things like you've got if this coming out in October, you've got hawthorn out. So the hawthorn berries you can make a really nice we call it, we call it fruit leather, um, which is like the fruit rolls that you get for kids. So with the the nice red hawthorn berries, you can make a nice fruit leather and you can just have those as little treats that you can give them, which is really good for the heart, really good for the circulatory system, really good for respiration, all of that stuff. You're not going to overdose them on it. But what it sometimes I think it just I just feel better when I'm able to provide my dogs with something that could potentially help
0: yes yeah 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 definitely and it's it's nice to know that you can kind of because let's face it with the way the the year's been going with fuel prices and everything else has been getting so much more expensive being able to kind of go and forage stuff as well means Mm -hmm. that it's not costing money which you know we do have to be realistic about you know i've i've recently done a how much money am i actually spending on dog food a month and i was oh, like,
1: don't I bet, oh. I bet i can't
0: okay oh, so is there ways of improving on that is there ways of changing the brands i'm feeding but also what i'm feeding would it be more sensible to feed a certain way would it be you know and and it is hard for people because you know in an ideal world i mean two of my guys are on raw now, two of them are on cooked, um, mainly because of cost. it actually works out better that way, one of them just won't eat raw, it doesn't suit her, she prefers the cooked food, I do well, I would give that to them every meal a day but I do kibble in the morning and then what I call their fancy dinner in the evening because to be honest I can't afford to feed four dogs on cooked food, can you imagine like even if I was buying the stuff and cooking it myself which my cooking ain't that good um it's not I'm like the worst ever I make beige dinners my husband moans at me all the time but even if I was going out and getting those ingredients the time it's going to take me to meal prep for the dogs like I'm just not that organized
1: either and I think also I think for me and it is very much from a non-judgmental point of view and I don't I'm 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 doing I'm just about to finish my level three nutrition diploma and whilst it's all we want to feed the best for our dogs Mm -hmm. we also have to understand that we have to feed what is within our budget and ideally you know we'd all love to feed you know in a more holistic way can I afford it no I can't I don't I sat there the other day I did this like little menu platter little meal platter for the dogs and like they all had like really nice stuff you know, it was like a bit of they had some sardines, then they had a bit of coconut oil. They had um, some blueberries, all like different things on a plate and gave that to them. And then I'm sat there with a bit of toast and I'm like, there's something really wrong with this picture. And I'm a bit like, yeah, I'm not the world's best cook. I am for the dogs when it comes to human food. I'm like, oh, no, but I'll make it look pretty for the dogs. Yeah. But I also want to be able to go out and forage stuff for free. But when I do that, what you'll find is when you're foraging and when you're picking stuff, the dogs become interested and the dogs are like, oh, what are you doing? And for me, there's another element to it where it almost becomes something that we do together together. And that's what I also really like. And you'll see it when you're picking blackberries. You'll be picking the ones at the top and the dogs will be picking the ones. Oh, the
0: yes. Frequently, Munch
1: has to have little prickers picked out of her face where she's yeah. been in the middle of where the blackberry bridge, in it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But it is also, you know, it doesn't it's not something where you go, OK, I've got to spend extra time. I've got to go to that park for half an hour because I've got to go foraging. Just do it when you're on your route with your dog and just stick it in a pee bag. Yeah. so it doesn't we don't have to make it into a massive great big event it's just something that I do when I'm out and the dogs love it because we don't sit there and I'm like chucking bits of leaves around and they're trying to catch it and it's just something it is like we just do it together and it's just it is it has become something that I do on pretty much all my walks mm-hmm. and if I come back with something great if I don't I'm not worried about it either yeah, yeah. and it doesn't have it's not expensive it's all free you just have to have a bit of announced about you and do a little bit of research in terms of what you're picking but the I, with the, with the oil is just coming back to kind of free mm-hmm. stuff is you can put oils if around um fireworks night if you've got don't get me on tennis i well, don't throw tennis balls for dogs but but you can put frankincense on a tennis ball and if your dog wants to grab the ball and chew it I don't mean chew it to pieces but some dogs will to self-soothe they'll almost kind of nibble or kind of bite down on a ball when oh, I've just
0: ball been ball. talking about how ball breeds need to chew because it helps relieve the muscle yeah
1: exactly and you can always put frankincense on a tennis ball so <sighs> that the dog's got something that they can put in their mouth and they almost not only take it in nasally but they can take it in that vulnerable nasal organ at the back And so they're also getting it from a different perspective like that. And you just you almost use your tennis balls as therapy balls. Um, But like I said, I don't really like tennis balls that much. But if you've got ball obsessed dogs then it might be worth doing that, I would only put the frankincense on one ball, maybe put violet leaf on another again. So the dog's got a choice. But that might be something else that you do over a fireworks night, just so that they've got got a choice to go and grab something and go, oh, I'm really worried. Um, And they can kind of go and have something that can kind of relieve that anxiety. Um, but yeah, I'm all for free stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, it's not completely free, but when I moved into our our house with our magnificent jungle garden, where we literally walked in and went, "Oh, okay,
1: cool." I didn't know what anything was. Like honestly, um, continue- I was really envious when you moved in. I saw those fo- your photos on your Facebook page, and you were like, "Oh no, it's a jungle!" I'm like, "Oh my god, it's amazing." <laughs>
0: We're, we're kind of, we're, we're taming it, but trying to keep like some elements of it. Um, I'm going to shout out to um, Lana, who is long time listener, but also my, my ex next door neighbor and I miss her. Um, but Lana was a great help with what things were and how to do things and where to put things and stuff. But I found an app on my phone that I could take a picture of the plant and it would tell me what it was. Oh, is that plant net? uh the one
1: i have is called picture this um there's there's another one called plant plant net that i use and that's the same thing you can take a picture of either the flowers or the leaves and it comes up with what it is
0: which i think is really really useful because it means if you kind of go oh is it that but you're not sure it either confirms it or it goes no that's hemlock
1: don't eat that you idiot yeah 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 and you can can get little pocket field guides um that you can take out with you
0: Ah, so you can have a little book and like full on geek out while you're there. Yeah. Um, I love that. And also I think like when when I go to like because you have got the most amazing, lovely field in Surrey that I come to with with the creature to give him give him a runoff. Um we do um sadly, there's
1: not much that grows there though. No, I know that's what I was gonna say. Rubbish. Why is there not more? So the idea, the idea when I first started renting that was um to do put a sensory garden on one side of it but the landlord said no so he said yeah. yes he said yes originally which is why I took the land on and then when I started planting he said oh no I don't want that there no I don't want that there you got to get rid of all the tires and so he made it really difficult and then I said well can I plant anything and he said well actually I've decided no I don't want you to plant anything so the idea was to originally have a sensory garden in there for that particular reason Um, but yeah no if you're in kind of um, fields that it was kept for horses so there's pretty it's pretty rubbish in terms of the soil's not very rich there are a lot of cleavers there there's a lot of nettles there's quite a bit of plantain there's one hawthorn other than that there's it's pretty rubbish (laughs) yeah there's loads of buttercups which have got no medicinal purposes whatsoever Um, and they're pretty rubbish they're just like a weed that is has no benefit at all
0: my uncle used to him. actually get a rash on his notion buttercups.
1: Yeah, they can be quite toxic when there's lots of them. We've just had the field cut because it was, they were quite high and there was loads of them. So I just got it cut because they can be quite toxic. Yeah, to to and, be when yeah. and things like ragwort, things like that, you've got to be careful
0: of. Yes, ragwort is the bad, bad thing. And if you can dig it up and burn it and make it die, that's great. Yeah. Because also it freaking spreads anywhere. And from being a horsey girl that spent many, many, many 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 summers, walking around fields searching for that fucking plant. Yeah, because I I do know horses that have had um, liver damage because of being in ragwort fields as well. So it is kind of a thing. But that kind of takes us in a little bit of a circle back to the herb side of things because I remember um, when when the pony did have the, um, the liver problems. The liver is one of those amazing organs that does regenerate itself. And I actually found um, a herbal blend from a company called Global Herbs that was for liver repair. And we're obviously checking his liver enzymes and we put him on, um, on the herbal stuff. And within four months, his liver was, all the enzymes were back to normal and everything was good. And it was like, wow. So I think for me, I kind of come to the herbal side of it a lot more open because I think it's more accepted
1: with horses. I think it's far more accepted with horses, but I think um, I think people are, I think vets are less re- receptive, mm-hmm. and so when you say I want to do herbs, it, a lot of a lot of vets, especially the old school vets, are like, oh, it's just snake oil and mirrors, um, and I think just through Doing it and trying it, like I said, it's not gonna—it's not gonna hurt the animal. It's not gonna do any damage, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless you're doing something at extreme levels, and they'd have to be really extreme. Um, the uh, for me, the only thing—the it, it, only thing that it possibly could do—is hurt your bank balance. But you're talking like a really good frankincense oil that costs you eleven pounds will last you years
0: when you think that munch's medication is about 50
1: pounds for a tube that
0: lasts maybe three nights
1: yeah (laughs) you just think it's just it's worth trying and i think especially things like fireworks night things like that it's worth trying it's not going to do any harm it's not that expensive yeah and if it helps great and if it doesn't if if it doesn't let's try something else the thing is if it doesn't your front room just smells like a church (laughs) so for me it's a win-win oh my
0: god that's amazing so dan if people want to kind of find out more if they want to kind of get involved a bit more if they're in the in the surrey
1: london area and want to meet well the, the irony is is that i actually took it off my website because no one knew what it was but so if anyone is interested or wants to have a chat about it, whether it is to book a session or whether it is to look at studying it and looking at what instructor course is about there, then feel free to get in touch with me. Um, my website is superhounds.co.uk, superhounds.co.uk. Um, I'm, I say Diane Kasparovic on Facebook. No one's gonna be able to spell that, are they? um but you i'm not be- gonna lie it's hard to learn how to pronounce it so you know oh yeah if you find me on facebook well done that's your first challenge um <laughs> feel free to add me or message me um or you can give me a ring um am i okay to give my phone number up yes. on this i'm happy for it to go up <laughs> um yeah, so my phone number is 07711923718. So feel free to ping me a message or a WhatsApp or give me a call. Um, if you don't understand any of it and you think I've just been talking absolute rubbish, um, then just don't tell anyone that you listen to the podcast. Yeah,
0: um, no, don't message
1: them um, first. Don't, don't mention Diana, Diana, no, Diana, no anyone. Um, if the three books, um, I did say uh, I mentioned a couple of books, the three books that I would definitely recommend are caroline ingraham um who came up with um applied zoo pharmacognosy um, has a book called help your dog heal itself Mm -hmm. if you've only got dog she does two books um one of her books is really thick um and it's for all animals so it's horses cats dogs chickens is everything um if you've only got a dog don't spend the extra money just get the help your dog heal itself
0: okay
1: and again it's not it's not as a replacement for veterinary care it's just how we can add things in um, to help with certain conditions yeah. um, if you're looking uh, for a book purely so caroline does herbs and oils mm-hmm. she's mostly known for oils if you just want more information on essential oils um then there's a really nice lady called niana morag so N A Y A N A and then morag m-o-r-a-g she has a book called essential oils for animals um that's a really great book that gives you lists every single oil and what their the benefits are what they're used for um any cautions the characteristics of it it's just a really good kind of they're my two kind of bibles i would say for applied to pharmacognosy yeah in terms of foraging and herbs um as i said the herbal shenanigans course is really good with rachel from M- rachel maxwell um but also harrop's wild flowers um carrie i'm going to get you a copy of this because this is my bible for foraging um
0: i, I like this this sounds fun i it, can go around my garden and go oh I
1: Yeah, it's great. The only thing that I get I get obsessed with going right, okay, I've got to go and find that. And then you see like it's only available in Cornwall and it's like I need to book a holiday at this time of year because I've got to go and find this plant. Mm. Um, but yeah, the Harrocks one is a really good um all-round UK world flower guide. So it's definitely, definitely the one. Though those are my three go-to books, um, really, for everything. Um and if anyone's got any questions or worried about anything or wants some recipes um there's a i've got a a facebook page called my dog's diet which is where i put a lot of the Mm -hmm. um recipes things like i'm doing red clover biscuits this afternoon um so that's good for respiratory system anxiety kind of a good all-rounder um so little things like that if there's any biscuits that i make or i make energy bars with different herbs in you'll find all the recipes on there so and again you can always message me message me via facebook on that
0: so guys um if you want to buy me a coffee you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash hoopers um, if you want to follow minx and dodge on social media on instagram at minx chihuahua at dodge shepherd canine hoopers world is on youtube facebook insta um, we're still not on tiktok i'm not that cool but until next time guys stay safe be kind wash your hands thoroughly keep your dogs on lead around livestock and don't let them lick toads take care guys bye www.k9hoopersworld.com. K9 Hoopers World now has achievement awards online, so anyone anywhere can test their teamwork and get one of our beautiful rosettes. There's even one for puppies. The website will tell you more about that and hoopers. How to find an instructor. We also offer online training. There are beginners courses. We offer online training in distance handling, and there are instructor courses for dog trainers. Join us on Facebook. We have a friendly international group. And follow us on Instagram at Canine Hoopers World. Canine
1: Hoopers World, everyone's invited.